Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, are you stealing from future you? See, there are two ways to build a freelance business, focusing on revenue right now or focusing on revenue in the future. And while it's hard to see past the right now revenue, it can be critical when it comes to growing your business. That's where we find our guest, Angela, today. Some weeks, she's so busy working on client deliverables, she forgets to work on her actual business. It's the classic tale of quitting your job just to create another job for yourself. So Clay and I coach her through a few things, including how to manage your time more efficiently and how to stay accountable to the schedule and tasks you set for yourself. We'll catch you on the other end of these sponsored messages. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. (laughs) 
Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co. If you don't know what Milo is, by the way, maybe you've been listening, but you've never visited our website. We run a blog, we run some social groups, we have obviously this podcast and a YouTube channel, all with the goal of helping you grow and scale your freelance business. So if you're a freelancer, if you want to be a freelancer, uh, we would love to have you join us at Milo.co. Also joining me on the air today is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. What's up? I'm ready, man. Oh, good. Fired up, ready to go. We are yes. chatting with Angela today. Angela's calling us from Arizona. How you doing, Angela? Wonderful. Thanks for asking. So glad you're here. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Let's dive right in. You can tell us and the listeners a little bit about your current business. What are you working on? Absolutely. So I um, work with small business owners and empower them to be in their zone of genius by hiring top talent. Very succinct. I like the elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like you've worked on that. to be concise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give us a little more detail. What kind of what kind of work do you do? What do your clients look like? How long have you been doing it? All those Absolutely. sorts of fun details. Sure. So I have uh, worked across all different industries, uh, small to large businesses. I was in corporate America for 10 years and went off on my own last year in 2022 and decided Congratulations. to... Thank you. Thank you. And it's it's been going well, um, but I've been busy. So it's good, but then I feel stretched on what I'm capable of doing. So I am looking into hiring um, myself as I'm continuing to expand. And I've also realized um, the challenges of working across multiple industries because of the pool of candidates. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to, to gain more clarity on this call on next steps as I've been in business for, you know, under six months. Um, but yeah, made some headway. I'm working with business owners of probably 50 or less employees. And, um, again, working, I've worked with healthcare clients, technology, uh, legal. I'm really trying to hone in more on like legal and real estate since that's Hmm. where my area of expertise is in the last five years. And I also have, um, one of my legal clients, it's like more of an HR retainer. So I'm assisting in that talent management, talent acquisition piece as they're continuing to grow from, um, they're at 14 employees right now and they want to scale, is trying to figure out, okay, how can we improve your business with taking some stuff off the partner's plate and mm-hmm. delegating it to other people in the business or by hiring? And then also looking at how they could just be more efficient overall with some process improvement. Yeah, I love that. I love those words like efficiency, um, taking things off of people's plates. Uh, those like those are the kind of words that business owners are going to love as you as you continue to refine that pitch. I think um, zone of genius is definitely a creative one, but I'm not sure. Uh, I know you're not asking for feedback on your pitch, but <laughs> but I'm not sure. A zone of genius to me is super clear, so it might be worth some yeah. workshopping there. We actually just just recorded a really great episode right before this one, um, so it will air here in a couple weeks. By the time listeners hear this, it's, it's like a big time machine here, but basically by the time listeners hear your episode, they will have already heard this episode, but Angela, you can't listen to it yet because it hasn't released yet. So. <laughs> um, but basically, we worked, with, uh, <laughs> we worked with a gentleman named Milian who lives in France, and we just kind of workshopped his pitch, and I think... Uh, I think listening to that episode 
will will definitely help you out. So we don't have to linger on that too long today. I but. think I made him nervous. I think I made him nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, like like workshopping his pitch. And Milian, if you're listening, thanks again. Like I think I feel like that was one of the most beneficial episodes we've published. Yeah, I think so um, too. So well, definitely listeners, go and have a listen. Yeah, and I love that because I feel like your business is constantly evolving, especially being yeah. in a newer um, arena. I feel like I'm constantly revising my pitch and, and getting uh, support and feedback. So, you know, if yeah. you want to help me figure out some new terms or uh, a better pitch, I'm all about it. Yeah, I think maybe the biggest takeaway, and again, once you listen to this episode, I think you'll really find a lot of insights that apply to your pitch as well. But I think for me, the biggest takeaway from that episode was like, we focus way too often on the process or the the how that we do for clients as opposed to the the end result that we give clients, right? And so you're 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 sort of like getting there by saying I help clients get in their creative zone or or sorry, what was it? Their genius zone, uh, zone of genius. genius. Yes, I empower small business owners to be in their zone of genius. Um, I think I think that's like getting there, but then just adding another level of clarity on top of that by saying like I empower leaders to have more time to spend more time on revenue generating tasks by you know helping them hire da 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 da. Like well, I just think I- focusing on like what do they actually want, you know. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, my my real pitch is actually um, empowering growth-minded small businesses to hire strong talent, coach executive leaders, and build employee development systems in order to reduce turnover, foster loyalty, and sustainably scale. Yeah, I would flip so we, that. That's one thing we talked about with Milian, right? If you flip the why, like mm, in order to do that okay. first, that's what they care about. So if you talk to if you talk to a CEO. No one's going to say like, oh, I just really wish I could. I already forgot the first half. I'm really sorry. but uh, Hire strong talent or coach executives. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's like they might, but but they're more likely going to say, man, I really wish we could get more done on our team. I really wish I had more time to focus on the things that are really important in my business. Like those are the kind of words they would use. And so use that in your pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So higher growth. I think Clay, you were going to say the, something. Yeah. Yeah. The order is. Who, who you help, the results, and then how you do it. Yeah, I love that. Got it. It's yes. a great formula. Yes. Who you help, I help, results, I help how do you do so-and-so it? achieve such and such by, yep. and then you can, then you can go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By hiring strong talent coaching. Yeah, I love that. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So like, get rid of that fake pitch that you give us at the beginning. <laughs> my real pitch i love that my real pitch and then my real pitch is this like so we got the fake pitch at the beginning <laughs> well i it's not so much a fake pitch i guess it's just you know trying to be short and sweet sure. but it's it's obviously not telling you enough yeah yeah i think it's not i think there is a lack of clarity in the in the brevity there um like, you know, if you ever if you ever had a frank conversation with a CEO, I'm not sure they'd ever say, like, I just really feel like we're not in our zone of genius. Right? Mm. Um, they would say, I just really feel like we're not we're not empowering our people to make decisions that boost revenue. Or, you know, like it all it all is gonna come back to the the business growing and the people being happy and and um I think like I need to add that in there, huh? Is, is like have happier employees more engaged. I think I've this has gone through so many different workshops that I need to 
go back though to the drawing board and, and look at some of those trendy words that are being utilized today versus like yeah, the well, culture. Yeah. And and what we talked about with Milian was like, um, like settle on one and pitch it to 50 or a hundred people yeah. um, or even 20 people. Right. And get some feedback. What, what resonated, what didn't resonate, like the people who accept you, you can say like, Oh, awesome. Great. Let's work together. And then once you're more comfortable, you can say what resonated with you about my pitch initially people who reject you, you can say like, what, what is missing from this, you know, and you'll get a few responses here or there. And over time you'll start to, because otherwise we sort of are just functioning in a vacuum, right? In a silo. And we're just like guessing even Clay mm-hmm. and I here telling you what we think is best. We're still just like guessing at what people are going to like, but if yeah. you can get real feedback from real clients, it's even better. Well, and I think looking at the the industries I'm working into, because I have been getting feedback, but it's not necessarily my ideal client. So I am getting feedback. Yeah. It's just not the right people that I need the feedback from. Who is your ideal client? Uh, probably more of the legal industry, like law firms, and then um, and then real estate companies. And I haven't, I mean, real estate is very large, right? And I used to work in uh, more property management, construction, and investment. And so that's over a uh, an array of different aspects, but then, um, yeah, I mean, I could be even focusing on agencies. I haven't really decided well, yet, I guess. So if, if it's, uh, do, do you get most of your revenue from one particular industry? Well, right now I, um, I mean, since I started, I was getting just business from different industries. And so I was going to just focus on legal and real estate, but then since I got, you know, an offering from a healthcare company. I started working with them, then technology, and then um, and then I'm working with a law firm. So I have it across like the three different markets right now. Okay, and it's mm-hmm. all pretty even. Why well, the law firm is more of the HR retainer, where I'm like build on a monthly basis, and I'm helping with a lot of different uh, talent acquisition, talent management. So I'm helping with hiring. I'm helping with HR needs, and okay. then the healthcare and technology are more recruiting for um for people that they need in their organization so so with legal and real estate it's so they're legal they're hiring lawyers yeah like associate Uh, lawyers well actually i hired two attorneys but then i also hired a receptionist for them um or office manager and then right now i'm looking at someone for more like accounting operations so it's kind of across the board um as they're continuing to grow and realize they need to take things off their plate and delegate. It's not just about hiring the technical side of the business, right? It's also helping yeah. more of the back end stuff that the partners have been taking on, such as like the marketing, um, you know, the catch all type of stuff with the so, accounting finance. And then with real estate, is it agents? I wouldn't want to hire agents. No, I have no experience with that. Um, with real estate, it would be more high level. It would be more of like director of operations or director of acquisitions or VP of um, real estate. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you like industry does matter because regardless of who, who, who's being hired, the legal and the real estate industry is all about revenue. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they're all about. It's, and even if you're like, even if they're looking for like a receptionist or director of operations, like, it's all about how much revenue and profits that mm-hmm. they can they can make. So, um, I would say more. Pro- I would say profits. So that's more important to them. I, I don't know about like the tech and all that stuff. So, um, maybe that's 
fulfillment. Who knows? I don't know. Could be efficiency. Probably innovation uh, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is where, this is where like, I'm just curious though, is your process the same, no matter what industry you're, you're working with? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Yes. With finding the the individuals, I my go-to is always Indeed. I mean, sorry, not Indeed, LinkedIn. I'm a big, mm-hmm. um, you know, I strongly, highly recommend Indeed if you're looking for a job is like build out your profile. Uh, but yeah, I, I go to in, on LinkedIn. Oh, sorry, I keep saying Indeed. LinkedIn is my go-to place to, mm-hmm. to find talent. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm... Curious, what's the? Did we already ask this? Like, what's the biggest hurdle? No, we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, in fact, I I wanted to say one quick thing, and then let's let's dive into that for sure. But um, I think early on in your business, this goes for all listeners who are maybe early on in their freelance business. It can be really easy to let um, like you're you're kind of just trying to get any revenue in the door, any client that'll say yes, right? Uh, and just trying to find your footing, and I think that's fine. And we all are in have been in that place, and and. It's a completely normal place to be in. I do fear that sometimes we let that happen for too long and we Mm -hmm. let our client base determine what kind of work we offer. Now, of course, that has to happen to an extent, right? That's marketing at its core. You find a market and you develop a product for that market and you sell it to that market. Like that's just basic business marketing. But I think sometimes it's like, well, I really, I really saw an opportunity over here, but then I got a healthcare client or, you know what I mean? And so I think, I think just a word, fair, fair word of warning 
for someone who's from someone who's done it wrong before for sure um and have maybe learned from my mistakes and that is make sure that um if you see an opportunity you don't let other short-term opportunities get in the way of that larger opportunity right um well and something to mention on that too i i always heard like okay niche niche down you know have mm -hmm, an ideal mm -hmm. market be the expert in that area and that's what I was planning on doing. But then it is hard to turn down money, right? And revenue when you're For first sure. starting. 100%. Because it's hard to do much if you don't have money coming in the door, as yep. well as not know what you don't know. And so I was like, okay, I know the legal and real estate world. I'll just focus on that area. But then, you know, I have this healthcare client. I have this tech client. I'm like, well, I don't want to turn down business. And I have mm -hmm. no idea. Maybe I actually would really enjoy working in this space. I just haven't worked in it long enough to know. And yep. so it has been a great learning. And also going to the challenging question, it's been challenging because I'm like, okay, now I know by spreading myself over multiple industries, it doesn't help get a good pool of candidates in my pipeline. And so when I'm recruiting for similar roles over and over again, right? I can just draw from that pool of candidates I already have. Right now I'm having to start completely from scratch because of these technical mm. roles that I'm filling. And oh, um, it takes a lot that's longer. So yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's been a learning experience from that aspect where I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, well, you know, I have a system that I'm using for hiring top talent, but I realized it's because I was doing that so long in my previous role, because in my previous role, I was um, head of HR for a company and I helped grow the company a thousand percent, like in two years, because we were at 10 people. And, um, and in two years amongst the pandemic, I was able to hire over a hundred people um, to the company. And so I had like a strategy that I was doing and it was working. Um, but yeah, just understanding better on my own that, multiple industries, they don't all mm, work the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you've said is perfect. Like in, in the early, early on, yes, you explore and you don't niche down too early. I think people often get frustrated because they're like, I, I, I picked a niche, but no one will, you know, there's no one to buy what I'm selling mm -hmm. or whatever. Like we've talked about that on the show before. That's for sure an issue. Um, but yeah, over time you start to learn like, oh, this, this niche makes, makes me more money. It, it's easier to work with. I can double up my efforts so that mm -hmm. I get more bang for my buck on my efforts. Like you're saying, I think that's super smart. Um, so yeah, I guess it's just maybe a fair word of warning. Like, like, um, don't, don't let your clients determine your direction. You determine your business's direction, right? Uh, and don't let it go meaning, on for too long. Like you're yes. saying, like, yeah, maybe yes. do it in the beginning, but then, then pivot or, yeah, you know, yeah. recaliber in the sense of like, yeah, and, and it might be, it might be like, oh, I didn't know this huge opportunity existed in healthcare. And then mm -hmm. you do move that direction. Mm -hmm. But then, but then at that moment you say there's this huge opportunity. So now I'm not taking on, you know, lawyers anymore or, or whatever. Um, because like what you're saying now, and that's, I think maybe what Clay was getting at is like, now your processes can become solidified. If you only work with one kind of client, you can really solidify those processes. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because you said in your questionnaire that one of your biggest hurdles is time management. So we're going to chat about that here in just a minute, a little bit of foreshadowing. But as, as listeners know, when you come on the show, just like Angela came on today, you fill out a short questionnaire. And by the way, we'd love to have you join us on the show on the air, chat about your business, and hopefully we can help you as well. Uh, just like Angela is doing today, you can just visit freelance2founder.com 
and scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a little sign-up form. Super easy. We'd love to have you on the air, chat about your business. But Angela, you filled out that questionnaire and you put um, on our freelancer to founder scale, one being freelancer, 10 being a founder, you put that you're currently at a one, but you'd like to be more toward a three in the next six or 12 months. Could you walk us through maybe what that looks like really quickly? And then we're going to jump into those hurdles. So just give us a very, very quick picture of what your business looks like a year from now. A year from now, I hope to have two other employees. I'm in the middle of hiring a, a virtual assistant, which is going to help on those things that are really draining my energy. And so I can be more in my strengths, uh, such as sourcing, like sourcing for candidates takes a very long time. And I really enjoy interviewing and cultivating those relationships. So that's where I'm going to be focusing more of my time. And then hopefully uh, scaling to the sense that I have someone else that's a recruiter that's able to hone in on certain jobs, maybe even certain industries. So I'm thinking if I focus in on maybe a couple industries, but then grow the industries I'm in by having different recruiters that focus in, then they can Mm. have a bigger pool of candidates in those specific industries um, as I continue to to branch out and grow. Yeah, this is very similar to kind of what we do at um, Solid Gigs. Like we have a bunch of freelance customers or clients and they tell us what kind of jobs they're looking for. And then we have a team of humans that goes out and we actually search for those jobs. But every once in a while there's that overlap. And Mm -hmm. so we say like, Oh, this job would be good for you, but it would also be good for you and you and you. And so we're, we're able to leverage our, our, um, I guess that overlap to then provide even more value to each of our customers. So yeah, I love the way you're thinking about that. Yeah, I love that word leverage. And it's like leveraging my time, but then also leveraging, um, you know, the resources that are available. Yeah, for sure. So so what's the biggest hurdle uh, that you're facing then? And how can we help? It's going to be that time because, um, as I mentioned, sourcing, it takes up a large chunk of my time trying to source a a candidate. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and try to find um, someone for an interview. Like I I will post jobs and I'll get applicants, but a lot of times those applicants either are not qualified or um, they're just like the other day I posted an on-site position. I have had probably 20 applicants and they're all remote. They don't want to work on site, even though the tagline (laughs) says (laughs) on-site. Welcome to post-COVID. That's right. Yes. And so it's like I call them. I'm like, the job title says on site. They're like, yeah, well, we didn't think that was a requirement. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would just connect to see what the options are. I'm like, you know what they're trying to do is because they they have a full-time virtual job now and they want to go get a second one, double up. (laughs) I've I've heard people do that, which is awesome. People are doing that. It's nuts. I'm like, uh, I don't want one job, let alone two jobs, but whatever. Well, yeah. actually, and a couple people, they're like, well, I don't even live in the, the States. Like these people, some of them are overseas. They're like, well, during COVID, I moved out of the country. And so now all I can do is I used to live uh-huh. in Arizona, so I can use that address, but I am no longer in the States. So yeah, there's all <laughs> kinds of fishy business going on out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess okay. So what are we? Maybe what's what's a what's a big question mark in your mind in terms of time management? Well, I mean, and so I'm trying to you know chunk down my day and figure out where do I focus my time. But then I feel like I'm always wanting to find like fill the roles that I'm I'm tackling, and so instead of like 
staying to my calendar where I'll be like, okay, Mondays are just back end office stuff. I need to get certain things in order. I end up going straight to recruiting and sourcing because I do need to find a candidate for a role. Okay, and so I, okay. I guess I'm hoping you can support me in the sense of like trying to figure out how I can stop doing that because I put things on my calendar. I want to stick to it. But unless it's an actual meeting with someone, I'm not holding myself accountable to like the back end office yeah, stuff because yeah. it doesn't seem as much of a priority, even though I know it is yeah. uh, or like sales, right? Like trying to generate that, the next business. I, I like the aspect of sales. I just don't spend as much time doing it because I'm like, oh, I need to serve the client that I have today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is classic, like, this is what causes feast famine for freelancers is when we've talked about this on the show previously too. And that is like, you, once you have a client, you spend all your time on that client. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done with that client, you haven't spent any time on the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then you're back to famine and then it's time mm-hmm. to find your next client. And you're right, working on your business is as important or more than the actual service that you're providing your client, right? So I don't know, Clay, what are you hearing over there in terms of her questions about time management? What advice do you have for her in in, Mm. in managing that? And I love the accountability piece. We haven't talked a ton about that. Like, how do you keep yourself accountable uh, when you commit? You know, maybe on Sunday night you commit like, okay, Monday I am only going to do admin work on my business or I'm going to do sales work or whatever, and then Monday rolls around or Wednesday rolls around and you're like, ah, but this client needs this thing. How do you manage all that? Uh, you know, that's, that's a, this is a tough, no matter how many times we talk about time management, this is super tough. Um, especially if you're, it sounds like Angela, you're a lot like me where I like to do things in the moment that I just feel like doing. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> um, or immediate I, results. You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm very impatient. You know, it's like, you know, I know, I know, I need, I know, I schedule time to do this thing right now, but I'm looking at this thing I scheduled on Friday that looks way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know the best way, like, because, like, I time block my schedule. And I'm not perfect at it. And my so the system that I have is it doesn't fit everybody. Um, it does for a lot of people, but for a lot of people it doesn't. Um, is that and, and this is what's worked best for me so far. Um, but given that, I'm only like 60, 70 percent how true I actually stick to this. <laughs> um so what I do is I theme my days. That's mm. what I do. So because like the biggest thing I, I have realized this and I and th- I swear this is how it is for humans is that anytime we have to switch our minds to do something else, mm-hmm. that's a huge disruption. Mm-hmm. And and so like if I'm if I'm having to work on let's just say marketing, but then I have to switch my mind to project work. And then switch my mind to sales and then so on and so forth. If I do all that in one day, like that is the the most inefficient process ever. But if I were to theme my day to like say, like for example, for me on Mondays, that I reserve all day Monday to work on my own internal marketing for my company. That's it. That's all I do. And so when I get going 
for the day and I'm like, I'm in the zone. I get in the zone. And I know you get this way too. Everyone does like where you, it's kind of like whenever you, whenever you, you know, people talk about runners high, you like running sucks. Like I hate running, but if I were to like get a couple miles in, like you get in this zone where you're just like, man, I'm feeling good. That's, That's the same zone thing of with, genius. Yeah, zone of genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of uh, yeah, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's you get in your zone of genius. Like you get an hour into it, then you're like in the zone for the next seven hours, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I I I theme my days. You know, Mondays mm-hmm. are Mondays are are marketing. I reserve Tuesdays and Wednesdays for calls and podcasts. Um, because me getting on calls, dude, like if I got if I have to get on a call in the middle of a day where I'm working on project work, I mean, forget the project because it's like getting on a call is like a big disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do all day Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's nothing but calls and pro- podcasts because that's the kind of the, 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 that's the game face I have to put on. And then Thursdays are project work. And then Fridays are fun days. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I do something that. similar. I'll, I'll sometimes theme it by a half day. So I'll do like, you know, as much as I want to work on whatever project I can't until after lunch today, because I've got to work on this other thing. That's not as fun, but probably more important and definitely more urgent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Half days are good. Yeah, I but like then it's the kind of yeah, it's kind of like a little reward, right? If you like, if you if you power through the first half of the day, then the second half of your day. Sometimes waiting all the way till Friday for something fun for me is like a little mm. too much. I'm a child, I guess. <laughs> I well, like it, half days. It breaks up your day too, so it doesn't seem yeah. like the whole day is just focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. Which for me, I have ADHD, and I I need variety in my day. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could just focus in on one thing all day. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's you can you can do it to where it's themed, right? The entire day's themed, but you can focus on different things, mm. right? So, like my marketing, when I say marketing, I might start out in the morning like working on social media content, and then I might move on to videos, or and mm. then I might move on to blogging, whatever. But it's all marketing. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Right. So that, I mean, I get bored too, like. I, I can't sit there and do the same damn thing over and over again for eight hours. Like I can't, do, I can't, I, I will not write a blog. I will not write, I will not write blogs for eight hours in a row. Like, <laughs> like shoot me. Yeah. Um, I, I like so how your day too is like Monday M and then marketing M, M, M. And then Friday is fun. <laughs> FF. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I did that on purpose, right? I was because, wondering if it's intentional. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was very intentional because like I, 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 I like to start off my week by doing something fun. And for me, that's like, that's working on my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And then in the middle of the week, that's like calls, calls and podcasts drain my energy. I like doing them, but they drain my energy. So I, I do it in the middle of the week. And then same thing with project work, right? I, I do like any kind of project where I do like on Thursdays. And then Friday, yes, I like to end it with something fun. Like, and it could be me taking a day off or a half day or working on a little side passion project, you know, that I just do for fun. So I like to like 
start the work week with something that's productive, but also fun. But then like end on Friday doing like, if I want to just take the day off, I could. Okay. How do you tackle this issue though? Because I, I have what days where I'm like, okay, Monday's back office, Tuesday, um, kind of similar, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or more kind of client facing. Mm -hmm. Well, actually it's like recruiting calls, meetings, but then I know on Mondays and Fridays when I haven't gotten as much as I wanted to get done on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, gosh, I, I, gosh, I have to deliver this, like some more interviews. Like I haven't found any good candidates. And so I just go into, even though I have like themes or like things that I'm supposed to be working on, I just go immediately. Like I'm, I'm falling short. I need to serve this client and I haven't mm-hmm. delivered what I promised in a good time frame. Do you sometimes over deliver in a week? <laughs> I feel like, well, I guess for me, deliver means like we find an ideal candidate or we like this tech role I'm trying to fill. I am having a very challenging time filling it. And so I'm, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm just constantly emailing the client, which they're probably annoyed with too, because I'm like, what about this candidate? What about this candidate? And so I should, talking about it out loud, actually, I should just like have a plan where every Friday I just give them the candidates versus like giving them candidates every day. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would set the expectations that say, hey, I'm I'm working all week and I will give you every single Friday, expect a pool of candidates from me. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. Yeah, and then it won't matter if I'm working on it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. And then you can can always deliver on that, right? Mm Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, because like... And and I would set the expectation too. It'd be like, hey, sometimes you're going to get one. Sometimes you're going to get 50. Yeah. Right. I focus on quality, not quantity. Yeah. So sometimes you're going to get one and he's going to, he or she's going to be awesome. And sometimes you're going to get 50 and they're going to be awesome. But you're never going to get like 50 mediocre just because we have to hit 50. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another struggle I'm trying to do. Like those expectations at the beginning when you're contracting, like I'm putting the proposal together, I'm trying to go over it. But being newer, I'm still trying to figure out like, okay, what is the expectation? What can I actually Mm -hmm. deliver? Yeah, I was going to say that too, is like if you feel like you're constantly having to push back your own business tasks because you haven't delivered yet for the client i think that weekly thing will definitely help but you could it could even be like depending on how your business works maybe it needs to be every 10 days you know like like set up the timeline so that you can get done everything that you need to get done in the event that your client needs it sooner then you start hiring for some of these other tasks right Mm -hmm. you like you said you hire and maybe the person you hire then gets you the the preliminary list every Wednesday and that gives you Wednesday and Thursday to then pare it down to the list you're going to send to your client or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but but then but I think I think having like expectations having clear expectations with your client is important and then also having clear expectations of yourself in your own work is important and saying like you know what maybe it's just too much Mm-hmm. in the in the time that I have and the number of clients I have to promise them a list every Friday. Maybe I have to promise them a list every 10 days or or maybe, you know, I promise them one candidate every three days or 
Like maybe, you know, figure out kind of where that balance is. And then you don't feel this pull of like, well, I haven't delivered yet. So I have to, I have to work on that. Make it something Mm -hmm. you can actually deliver on. And then you'll feel a little bit more flexibility and freedom there. Yes. hundred percent agree. I need to go Realistic on your schedule too. Cause like, if you're like any, any other entrepreneur in this entire world, you try to cram in way too much in your schedule with yeah. zero cushion. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And you think, hey, this thing's only going to take an hour. But in reality, it takes three hours. Mm-hmm. So I, in your schedule, put in cushion hours. And also, if you think something's going to take X amount of time, it's schedule 2X for it. I would yeah, say in okay. your industry too, uh, man, you could leverage technology in a powerful way. You know, you, you think about like the the zip recruiter recruiter kind of tools in the world that match, um, or even like like you said, LinkedIn jobs where they do the the preliminary matching, and then it's your job to go through and say like, okay, did the bot do this well? Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot you you could really fine tune those processes too, or it could be like a three layered thing. You know, like first first the bots are going to filter out all the obviously bad ones, and then your VA or whoever your assistant or or whoever whatever you're going to hire, whoever you're going to hire, they filter out for the next level, and then they send it to you. Think of yourself as the third level, and then you send it to the client, and mm-hmm. then what you're selling is like this highly filtered, highly curated list. I mean, that's valuable, right, to clients. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I love that having the the different levels before it gets to me and that'll hopefully make my time it'll be more efficient with my time as well. Yeah. Cuz sometimes those bots I I am utilizing those bots and with these technical roles that they'll send you something you're like, "Okay, this was like 50%. It's not getting me to the finish." Right. Line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Hey, Clay, I'm curious how you would address the accountability piece cuz I think I think we've addressed the idea of like, how do I schedule my time out? How do I maybe build in a little more cushion? But we haven't talked a ton about, okay, I said on Sunday night that on Wednesday for the second half of my day, I was only going to work on whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I don't feel like it. <laughs> it's Wednesday afternoon. I don't feel like it. I'm in a rut. Mm-hmm. I'd rather work on this other thing. How do you like, how do you keep yourself accountable? Um, so the first way that's going to, that's going to, solve a lot of this is being realistic with your schedule. Mm. It's like not cramming a lot because like what happens when you cram too much is you get burnt out. Mm-hmm. You're always in a rush. You always feel behind. And then you, you start what happens in your mind is you start dreading your week because mm-hmm. you have too much to do. So do that first mm. and yeah. that will do wonders to your mindset and, and accountability with yourself. The second thing is if you do that and you're still struggling is, uh, dude, I would, I would hire a coach. I would hire a coach. What Say more about this, that. I do have a strategic business coach that I like, oh. well, I only connect with her once a month. Maybe I need to be connecting with her more. There's, yeah. Well, either use that person if they do, but like there are, there are such things as accountability coaches, you know, mm-hmm. like. You know, I don't know, but yep. or accountability it, partners or like a partners, group, yeah. right? Colleagues, and you all on on yeah, or even if you are going to end up hiring a VA or an, yeah another another person, 
then you say on Sunday or Monday, here's what I plan to accomplish this week. And, um, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the week, you say, here's what I did. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that you have to like f- face what you did or didn't accomplish for the week can have a huge impact for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it all really comes down to like one thing you got to constantly remind yourself every single day is if you do not do your activities that you are supposed to be doing, you will not get paid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how what it comes down to. It's not like working a corporate job where, you know, like I used to work corporate America and I got my shit done the first three hours of the day and I didn't really do anything the next five hours. So like, it's not like that with this, you know, owning your own business. You can't just like do that. So if you, if you just, you got to constantly remind yourself, like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get paid. Like, I'm not going to grow my business. I mean, that should be, it should be motivation enough in my opinion, you know? Well, that's why I feel like I'm always focusing on the recruiting aspect because that's what gets me paid. I'm like, well, if I fill this role, Mm. especially for what the tech client that it's taking a long time to fill that role, they're like, we have another role linger. Like it's like the dangling carrot. It's like, once I fill this role, I get another role and I get paid out. So (laughs) so that's where I'm spending my energy. (laughs) And that's good. That's good that you want to spend the energy on revenue producing activities. Um, I, I would say like, the things that you just don't want to do or not doing, it doesn't mean like, I'm saying this to all listeners. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It just means you just don't like doing that stuff. Um, then I, yeah. So you said you're mentioning, you mentioned, so you mentioned you said you're hiring a VA. Like I, I would do that as soon as possible to do like, yeah, take care of it sounds definitely like a hiring, hiring question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think too, like a differentiating between short-term revenue and long-term revenue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're okay to kind of just stay a freelancer and there's nothing wrong with that, if you're okay to just stay a freelancer and um, and sort of go client to client or project to project, that's fine. And some people thrive in that business style and lifestyle and that's great. Um, but if you want to grow a business that can sort of support itself without you or support itself with you just doing minimum work or or whatever, something that can sort of grow beyond you, just you, doesn't rely on you 100%, then then you're going to have to start to put these into two different camps. Like there's short-term revenue, which is what you're talking about, where if I do well this time, they'll bring me another project. Mm-hmm. Um, versus long-term revenue, which is if I can deliver for my clients now, yes, but also like build a build a, a, a pipeline or a funnel or something where I can start getting clients on autopilot well, then I can hire faster. I can I can start to have more clients all at once and I can start to build a team and it can start to function without me having to do all the recruiting myself. It mm-hmm. becomes this long-term strategy, right? So there's short-term revenue, there's long-term revenue, they're both revenue, they're both good. It just depends on where you want your business to be long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely want it to be the latter where I'm not doing, it's not so dependent on me all the yeah. time. And And honestly, I got into this with not even the intention that recruiting was going to be my main source of income or business because I went and got my master's degree in organization development from Pepperdine. And I am really interested in helping a businesses like run more efficiently and like helping with their organization development in the sense of that more like process improvement, team building dynamics. And so recruiting is just supposed to be kind of like that, um, kind of that, 
foot in the door, building the relationships mm-hmm. and like helping the business owners with their pain points and being like, okay, this is, you know, something that they can immediately see a result. And then they're like, oh, I like working with Angela. How can we continue working with her? And yeah. it's like, okay, well, here are my other offerings. And those are things that go. I really enjoy doing. Yep. So it's like, that's but, but unless, you, but unless you take time to focus on those other offerings and focus on how you're going to onboard them and work them up through that process, then if you don't take the time to do that, you'll just be stuck in this like, oh, I did a great job. Thanks. Can I do a great job on the same thing again and again and again mm-hmm. and again? And many clients will be fine to do that, right? And so unless you sort of, it's like Clay said, you have to you have to care enough about your business and getting paid and growing your business that that needs to motivate you to then do those other things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which is hard, which is hard when the short-term the short-term revenue is what pays your bills, right? I mean, it's it's sometimes hard to look past that, um, particularly early on. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. If you don't kind of be more proactive and plan for the future, there will be no future. <laughs> like it'll. That's right. That's I'll just right. be running mm-hmm. that rat reel where I'm like constantly living in the now and being reactive, um, yeah. which is not what I want to do. That's what I'm trying to put in place is those systems, which I'm also saying, hey, for your clients, build out your business, put in systems. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I need to start yeah. with myself. And, you got to practice being... what you preach, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why yeah, I'm excited sure. about this VA that's, I actually have in my inbox because I hired a recruiter that's um, that sent me a list of VAs um, because I'm hiring someone from overseas and I'm like waiting to review all of them because I haven't made time yet to do it. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. You got to do that. Yes. You got to do that. Right. Especially in in light of a lot of the things we've talked about today. This is, this is long-term impact. Reviewing that list is long-term impact. It might not make you a buck today, but it's gonna it's gonna pay off in spades down the road, with an accountability partner, with being able to offload some of the client work, with just lots of pieces of your business long term. So definitely do that today, Angela. I'm afraid we're out of time today. This has been so much fun chatting about your business. Will you let people know where they can find you if they want to learn more? Absolutely. You can um, go to my website www.tateconsulting. T A I T consulting llc.com or on instagram at tate t-a-i-t underscore consulting c-o-n-s-u-l-t-i-n-g awesome angela thank you so much for joining us uh clay mosley from getdripify.com why can i never <laughs> say that clay mosley so many l's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Be sure to check out his work over there. And of course, I've been Preston from Milo.co. We will catch you guys next time. Thank you. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Milo. Visit M-I-L-L-O.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit GetDripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.